Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we've got some football to talk about today. Yesterday was Sunday. As you all know, that's football day, so we're going to talk about every single game that happened. I've got some takeaways from each and every one. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. guys and to be perfectly candid with you we're gonna <laughs> i may have injured myself in the pregame uh as you guys can kind of see on the green screen on instagram you can definitely see i've got uh, some sliding doors behind me and i was trying to close them so my green screen effect works better you know having the solid background and anyway oh, let me turn this off let me turn off my green screen for you youtube audience this guy right behind me it doesn't look that bad, but I pinched my hand in it, and it hasn't stopped bleeding, <laughs> and it really hurts and stings. But I think we'll be good. I think we'll be fine. Uh, we're, we're getting through it. May have swapped the T with a B for today's episode to manage the pain, uh, but, you know, that's how we go. That's how we rock and roll here. We are going to talk some football. We're going to start things off because, as you guys know, I'm running the social media here for Player Profiler. Uh, and one thing I do every Sunday, every premium game as well, is give a little bit of a DFS preview. And I make, you know, especially on Sundays, these previews just talking about, you know, some of the high scores by position, some DFS values, and even go in, make a lineup in the lineup genius, share it with the audience, let you guys take it to make a lineup and check out how good, how good this lineup genius is. Uh, you can check it out on my Twitter at jfootball. Line, but basically the lineup was Patrick Mahomes, Josh Palmer, Jameer Gibbs, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Zay Flowers, Kendrick Bourne, and the Chiefs defense. And those of you savvy managers, those people who know how everything went yesterday, all of these players hit in a really, really big way, especially Mahomes and Kelsey. So check it out in the dime package, 19th overall out of however many thousands of entrants there are in the five hour energy 117th out of 95,000 in the DoorDash and clay matthews challenge the free challenge 128th out of 93,000 participants i turned 10 cents on sunday using this lineup into a nice 15 dollars what a day what a day. Very cool. Very fun. So make sure you're following us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook to see these previews every week. Obviously, it's not going to be this good every week, but our lineup genius and everything is clearly, 
clearly doing a great job. Shout out to Dario and the projections team. And so just make sure, you know, if you don't have it, you just go get that all in package. Go get that all in package. You can use promo code Jason for $10 off right now. It's still on sale. It's $85 for the whole thing. Get another 10 bucks off with my promo code. Uh, and, and, and it'll be good. And it'll be really, really good. Use that. Use the DFS Dominator. Uh, the DFS Dominator itself is only 30 bucks. And I mean, I got $15 off of 10 cents yesterday. Almost paid for itself in that one slate. So fantastic DFS day for me. Fantastic football day for all. We'll start things off. We'll just go game by game by game by game by, by game by game by game. Raiders, Bears. We talked about this game being a boring one and it kind of was we we said that you know it's it's gonna probably be run heavy brian hoyer is not good at football uh we've got the backup quarterback tyson badgett for the bears a rookie probably not gonna do too much expecting a lot of running and that is what happened and of course deontay foreman does deontay foreman things continues to produce when asked upon deontay foreman finishes the day with 16 carries for 89 yards two touchdowns two bad boys right into the end zone uh i think guys and i hate to say it i really do hate to say it i don't know when rockstar johnson's gonna happen i really don't if deontay foreman's gonna continue playing like this it, it's hard to see it happening one good thing going Roshan johnson's way is of course that he's still a better pass catcher than deontay foreman but i mean deontay foreman now after being a healthy scratch the first few weeks has gone in and produced at a really really good level for them i'm sure the coaching staff really really appreciates it and especially will continue to give him those goal line carries probably even with khalil herbert back if i'm going to be honest i think that this has become a three-headed backfield and we hate those in fantasy football absolutely hate those none of them are going to be starting especially especially when Justin Fields returns as well. You're talking about a four-headed dragon, if you will, in that running, in the Chicago Bears running attack. So it's rough. It's rough. If you can get a good return for any of the Bears running backs, I'm selling. Nothing else on the Bears really needs to be talked about, but I do just want to give a quick round of applause to Tyson Badgett, who gave a very respectable performance. Tyson Badgett finishes the day 21 of 29, so a pretty good completion percentage for 162 yards. And a touchdown. No turnovers. Got himself 24 rush yards as well. Of course, no Justin Fields type rush attack. But still, but still looked good. So congratulations to Tyson Badgett looking serviceable in his, uh, I guess now second start. Uh, but still, good one. Good job, Tyson Badgett. For the Raiders, Brian Hoyer just needs to flat out retire. Brian Hoyer, bad at football. He just is. Uh, terrible last week. Somehow pulled out the win. But this week in particular ends up getting benched for Aiden O'Connell, who comes in and, and does well, you know, at least decent. He throws an interception, but then comes right out and hits Jacoby Myers for a touchdown. I do think that Aiden O'Connell going forward is going to be the backup who needs to definitely be rostered in Superflex leagues. Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy, and Aiden O'Connell is at least exciting. And I think that Josh McDaniels, if he wants to keep his coaching job, is going to have to do something fun and hope that Aiden O'Connell can turn into something because Jimmy Garoppolo really isn't getting it done. He already has eight interceptions on the year. Brian Hoyer, of course, did not get it done, although the Raiders did end up winning the game 30-12. to 12. Uh, It was really Aiden O'Connell who came in and played uh, you know, pretty well, pretty well. I, I still think that that ceiling is there. And Zamir White finally got some usage. Need to point that out. Uh, we have not really been seeing him used at all this season, but he does get five touches. Three of them are receptions. Uh, and 28 total yards. Not too bad, not too shabby. Still Josh Jacobs getting the bulk of everything, but to see Zamir White kind of getting worked in is good. Hopefully he can kind of retain that status that he had in the offseason of being one of the best handcuffs available. 
Devontae and Jacoby Myers both had seven receptions. I do want to point out that most of Devontae Adams' usage came early. It was almost like that was the game plan. The squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of narrative there. Devontae Adams, of course, complaining all week about his usage comes out and gets fed early, but then Jacoby Myers starts to catch up to him. It's going to be these guys all season. Hunter Renfro has been nothing, and Michael Mayer, only two catches as well after a decent good game last year or last week. Michael Mayer, I do think, will be fine and still a really good dynasty asset, but I think those of us that were hoping he could turn into a really good redraft asset are going to have to work or wait for a Devontae Adams injury or a Jacoby Myers injury. Uh, I just I don't see Michael Mayer's usage from last week being replicated as we know that did that was kind of what led to Devontae Adams being so pissed off about his usage. So again, expect Michael Mayer to still be utilized, but not in a heavy fashion unless you know, that's part of the game plan, like they're playing against a weak tight end defense or something. Uh, but still definitely needs to be rostered in dynasty leagues. And perhaps, perhaps someone is a little um I guess not thrilled. I would say <laughs> not thrilled uh, as he has the good week last week comes out and only has two catches. This might be a buying window. I'm not totally sure. Haven't been checking the market too much as it is only Monday morning. Let's go ahead and move on to the Browns Colts game, which was probably let's face it. The most exciting game on the slate 39 to 38. Not sure if that's a score. Gami. I should have checked. I can't imagine that we've seen a 39 to 38, but uh, good game. Good game, right? I mean, very high scoring, back and forth. And it starts with, I hate to say it, I hate to say it, an entertaining total collapse of Deshaun Watson. If it's going to happen to someone, might as well happen to Deshaun Watson. Of course, never want to see someone's career go out like that, but I, it's going to be tough for him to return. Obviously, it seems to be an injury. It seems to be an injury, but as we know, he did not play well last year, was playing okay this year starts this day off one of five. I, I don't even remember the yards. Didn't even put it down. And an interception according to the box score. But I could have sworn he threw he threw two interceptions from what I remember. Um, so I don't know if that last one just ended up getting called back or what because that second interception is what made him get removed from the game. They were like, all right, Deshaun, get out of there. He laid on the ground. He was hurt, clearly in pain. Uh, it's over. It's I mean, it's basically over for Deshaun Watson, at least until he says he's 100% healthy, whenever that'll be. As we know, it's been very, very weird with this injury to begin with. So I can't imagine that we'll have any sort of foresight with this going forward. And I can't imagine he gets back to 100% even this year. The weapons are just not that great. Uh, the offensive line hasn't been the best. And P.J. Walker, still not good, but I mean... It, making these games competitive, you know, winning these games beats the 49ers and then comes back and leads a comeback against the Colts. Uh, his stats, not good. His stats, not good. 15 to 32, 178 yards and an interception, no scores, but everyone else's stats are fine. Jerome Ford before getting injured, 11 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt had two touchdowns. One of them was the game winner and Jerome Ford went out there and had eight carries for 26 yards and also 20 receiving yards so all of them got utilized even Elijah Moore and David Njoku had decent PPR days Elijah Moore was the leading receiver with 59 yards and David Njoku came in behind him for 54 yards David Njoku starting to tap into his potential I would like to see a ceiling game for him but still trending in the right direction I would not be surprised if David Njoku kind of kind of ends up being the like most valuable pass catcher 
in this offense going into next season. For the Colts, Gardner Minshew's a beast. I mean, it is what it is. He scores four touchdowns and also has four turnovers. You never want to see that, but still, I mean, he's doing some great work. First off, Josh Downs, five receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown. Great job. Josh Downs is proving to be a stud and looking really, really good. As we talked about in the offseason, even we were kind of expecting him to be decent uh, because he had been working with Anthony Richardson at a high level, right? We had read reports that he was in the hotel parking lots before rookie camps, working on routes in the playbook with Anthony Richardson. That type of hard work never goes unnoticed by coaching staffs, and it never goes unnoticed when it translates to the field. Josh Downs' hard work has paid off. Not only a great connection with Anthony Richardson, but demonstrating to be really Gardner Minshew's favorite target right now in this offense. Michael Pittman, of course, and I'm sorry to this, he was my sit last week. Uh, that was my, my, my takes were bad for the start sit, as we'll talk about a little bit better. Uh, but it wasn't terrible, and neither of these were terrible. I think the, the process I went through was correct. It just didn't necessarily pan out. I said to sit Michael Pittman, and he only had two catches, which is basically why I didn't want to start him. I didn't expect a ton of usage. However, he took those two catches for 83 yards and a touchdown, making me look like a dumbass. So uh, congratulations to people who stuck through and still decided to start Michael Pittman. Of course, I mean, you, you probably weren't going to bench him, but I did not expect a big game from him. Uh, and I guess he didn't necessarily have a big game, but he still definitely produced off very minimal usage, which is what these studs do. Michael Pittman clearly establishing himself as a matchup proof wide receiver. And Jonathan Taylor is also back. Important to note that him and Zach Moss had the same amount of carries. Both had 18 carries, uh, but Jonathan Taylor took his for 75 yards. Moss only for 57. Jonathan Taylor scored the touchdown and then also had three receptions for 45 yards. So a very, very good day for Jonathan Taylor. I think it's safe to say that he's back and going to continue to be Jonathan Taylor going forward. I mean, to produce that well against the Browns defense cannot be understated so good job jonathan taylor we've got another game to talk about and i wish i was a bit more bold i brought you guys upset picks last week every friday i do i tried to decide some upsets and i said the patriots would cover so i'll pat myself on the back there but then i'll slap myself because <laughs> the patriots won the patriots beat the bills for some reason as we all know, the, the the whole reason I said the Patriots would cover is because it's a divisional game. Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. They'll keep Stephon Diggs to a pedestrian day, and it's going to come down to the others. I said Dalton Kincaid, if he played, or Dawson Knox, if he didn't play, would have a good game. Those worked. I said James Cook would probably have a good game. That worked, but I just wasn't bold enough. I did not go bold enough. Should have just said the Patriots would pull off the upset. Because what a day from them. First off, Mac Jones. He's this era's Derek Carr for sure. Never going to have that massive ceiling, but definitely going to be a serviceable quarterback going forward. I know a lot of people have kind of jumped off the boat with him, but it just really hasn't all been his fault. I mean, this team all around him has been collapsing uh, and, and he's still going through now his third offensive coordinator in three years. So to see him go 25 of 30 for 272 yards and two touchdowns is really, really good. Um, I think that he'll keep it up. You know, obviously, again, I'm not expecting any ceiling here. This is the Patriots we're talking about. But still, I think that he's at least going to finish out the season. I think these talks of Bailey Zappi coming in or uh, Malik Cunningham coming in, I don't think that's going to happen. 
Let's talk about the wide receivers too, because Kendrick Bourne continues to be steady. I do think he needs to be rostered in redraft as he goes six to seven for 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's really the focal point of this passing attack and has been for the past couple of weeks and he's playing really well. However, however, my hand is stinging really bad right now. However, Demario Douglas, as we talked about all preseason, since I noticed him, since we noticed him, he was performing really well in the preseason. He's continuing to sneakily perform well. And so I want to just make sure in any dynasty league, this is definitely going to be more dynasty, but your deep redraft as well by Demario Douglas or pick him up and, and stash him if he's still available. He's going to be the next Jacoby Myers, plain and simple. The Patriots always, for some reason, have this really high success rate with the late round wide receivers. Demario Douglas finishes today 4-6 for 54, and he's had sneaky usage all season. Go look at his game logs. I mean, always getting at least a couple receptions, clearly getting utilized. I don't see that slowing down, especially as he continues to, A, work himself in the favor of the coaching staff, as he's already done, and B, continuing to be a reliable receiver. That stuff does not, does not go unnoticed. Uh, with the Patriots especially, they do not care about draft capital. Go buy Demario Douglas in Dynasty. Go stash him in deep redraft. He might break out at the end of the season, but I, I think this is more of a 2024 play. I do definitely think that Demario Douglas is going to be someone and is the next Jacoby Myers. Uh, uh, what, what, what's his name? Danny Amendola, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, whoever else. You know, Maybe not necessarily the slot receiver, but just late round guy that they've brought in. It just fits with the coaching staff and uh, just the, the whole Patriot way. Demario Douglas, get him. The running backs. The running backs. Ramondre Stevenson had nine carries for 34. Zeke had 11 carries for 31 and a touchdown. So that's kind of how it's going to go on the ground. They're going to get about even usage on the ground. But Ramondre Stevenson getting right back into that receiving role. Six receptions for 51 yards. Love to see that from Ramondre establishing himself again as a PPR monster. Great job, Ramondre Stevenson. But let's move on to the Bills because something is clearly not right with them. They struggled last week against the Giants, and now they come out and struggle again. As we expected, Stephon Diggs would still have a good game, not a great game. Six receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown is about as good as you're going to get against the Patriots. That number one receiver is always taken out, but Stephon Diggs will always find a way. Josh Allen, though, he needs to run more. I don't know if it's the coaching staff that has just beat this out of him or the fans talking about, hey, Josh Allen, we want you to remain healthy. But something isn't right in his head. I saw more than a few times where Josh Allen of old would have just taken that ball and run for 10 to 15 yards. But he's not doing that. He only had seven carries in this game and only took those seven carries for 17 yards. Of course, one of those was a touchdown, but he also fumbled. I mean, it just was not good on the ground for him, and it hasn't really been all season. There's been a couple games where he's done it a little bit, but definitely nothing like the Josh Allen of old. So I will say this. I will say this. It is early in the season. It is early in the season, and so I do expect, especially as the Bills want to make a playoff push as they've now lost to both of their divisional opponents, I do think that the running will go up, and especially in the playoffs. Uh, I haven't had wake and take during the playoffs, but that's something I like to talk about a lot. You do see quarterback running go up in the playoffs and leading up to it as they do whatever it takes to win to get into that playoff race. Health doesn't matter as much anymore, but still I want to see Josh Allen at least a few more carries 
or a couple more scrambles. It's just off. It's not, it's not the right Josh Allen. He's still getting it done. I mean, 265 yards and two passing touchdowns with an interception. I mean, fine, right? I mean, obviously still has a great floor and a high ceiling, but the the rushing hasn't necessarily been there in the degree that I want it to. James Cook finally had his good performance, three receptions for 46 yards and a touchdown on top of 56 rush yards. So just a quick little clap for James Cook. And Dalton Kincaid had a nice little breakout game, eight receptions for 75 yards, leading the Bills in receiving as expected, right? Stephon Diggs is out. The other people have to make up for it. The Patriots aren't going to allow big plays to Gabe Davis. So it was going to have to come down to the tight end to James Cook. It did. Didn't necessarily pan out because the Patriots won the game, but it did for fantasy football. The worst game on the slate, the Commanders-Giants. That game absolutely sucked. That was a 14-7 to game. The Giants ultimately win. And I've just got to give a clap. I like these claps. These are fun. Tyrod Taylor, 279 yards and two touchdowns with no turnovers. Pretty good because Chase Young actually returned. I mean, we saw Chase Young tap into his potential in this game. He did really well for me in my IDP leagues. And yet Tyrod Taylor didn't turn it over, scored a couple touchdowns, got nearly 300 yards. That's pretty good. Darren Waller. Darren Waller, finally, the Darren Waller game. Seven receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. And Saquon Barkley also is back we talked about jonathan taylor being back saquon barkley is back 21 carries for 77 yards plus three receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown a great game for saquon barkley absolutely love to see it he's here to stay continue to put him in your lineups and perhaps even buy him uh sometimes after a player returns players are like oh, i'll sell them now this is a sell high opportunity but saquon is back don't doubt it saquon is back Sam Howell needs to be replaced. It doesn't have to be this season, but Sam Howell is not the franchise answer for the Commanders. I know he's shown some promise, but with now, what was it, four interceptions against the Bills, and this game, to no uh, touchdowns and an interception, uh, right at about a 50% completion percentage, 22 of 42. His leading receiver, Terry McLaurin, only takes nine targets for nine receptions and 90 yards, no touchdowns. Everyone else spread out a little evenly. It's just not right. This commander's offense, I think, has a little bit more ceiling in it. And Sam Howell is not the quarterback to unlock it. So I would like them to explore the market, perhaps bring someone in, because I definitely don't see Sam Howell as the long-term option here. And the commander's running back uh, dichotomy is continuing to be strange. Brian Robinson still has the most carries, eight carries for 23 yards. But... But Chris Rodriguez had only one less carry. So Chris Rodriguez finishes with seven carries for 31 yards. So only one less carry than Brian Robinson, but eight more yards, just missing that touchdown. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we talked about it last week that Chris Rodriguez is the backup running back you want to roster on the commanders. So I'm still going to go with that. If Brian Robinson gets hurt, it's going to be Chris Rodriguez. The staff just doesn't like Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gibson either can't handle the workload or just won't be given the workload Two carries for seven yards. But he did, of course, get his 24 receiving yards. You know, that that's where he can excel. But yeah, it, Sam Howell's not the answer. And I guess Chris Rodriguez is the backup you want. Those are going to be my uh, takeaways. Oh, and one more takeaway for the Giants. Keep rostering Jalen Hyatt. This was a big test game for him. If he couldn't do anything in this game, I think he could have moved on. But he does take two out of five targets for 75 yards, Jalen Hyatt thinks. So I do think that he will still develop 
into a big play threat. It's just going to take a bit more time and probably a healthy Daniel Jones, maybe. But this Giants offense in particular obviously isn't looking right right now. So I'm not going to fault a guy. But to see him take two receptions for 75 yards is about what you want from him. So keep stashing him if you're in those deeper leagues. Let's see. Let's move on to the Falcons game. The Falcons game. Woo! First place in the NFC South. Let's go Falcons. As we predicted, we did a whole episode on this. Who would go from worst to first? And we said it'd be the Falcons. It had happened every year since 2008. Someone has gone from last place in the division to then go on to win it. This year, it's the Falcons as they are now one game ahead of every team in the division as the Saints have lost and they've now beaten the Buccaneers. Desmond Ritter, though. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I do, I do. I'm just going to use this platform now. I do think that Desmond Ritter will be the starting quarterback rest of season unless he gets hurt. Unless he gets hurt. I know, I know, I know. Three lost fumbles. I, I think three turnovers last week as well. But he is running this system how Arthur Smith wants to wants it to be run. Can we agree with that, chat? Can we just agree with that? Arthur Smith doesn't want anything special. He wants exactly what Desmond Ritter is doing, minus the turnovers, of course. He doesn't want those turnovers. But 19 of 25, 250 yards, plus six carries for 38 yards and a rush touchdown. You look at that and take out the turnovers, and that is a remarkable day. And so I, they're just going to try to coach those turnovers out of him and continue to roll with him. But but if he doesn't get it right, he will not be the quarterback in 2024. There are too many quarterbacks on the open market, and there's a good bit of quarterback in this in this year's draft class. So I do think that the Falcons, if Desmond Ritter doesn't fix this turnover issue, will look to go somewhere else. But Desmond Ritter does have still a chance to earn the job for the long term. and keep it for the rest of the season. I think he will keep it the rest of the season. I think Heineke only comes in with an injury. Speaking of injuries, Bijan Robinson apparently had an undisclosed migraine from Saturday night up until game time on Sunday. It continued into the game, did not really get any action. This is a controversy. People are saying, you know, the Falcon staff should have disclosed this. I don't necessarily know how I feel about it. I know as a fantasy football manager, especially a Bashan Robinson owner, I would have loved to know. But I think if I'm the coaching staff and my player just comes up to me as like, hey, I have a headache. I can't play. I'm expecting that headache to go away at some point, but it apparently didn't. Uh, and so it's just a weird situation. I will say, though, congratulations or just a round of applause. For the other Falcons running backs, as Tyler Algier finishes the day, 21 of 59, and three receptions for 53 yards. Great day for Tyler Algier. And Cordero Patterson got worked in as well. Cordero Patterson, 10 receptions for, or 10 carries for 56 yards. No receptions, which was strange. You know, you'd think Cordero Patterson would get some receiving work, but still good day from both of them. And Good day from the tight ends as Kyle Pitts continues to be utilized in the open space. Three receptions for 47 yards. Decent day in tight end premium. And Jonu Smith is getting utilized, but I do see it start to trend down. And I think it will continue to kind of level out about this range. The three receptions for 27 yards. I think that he's going to be a three, three to four reception kind of tight end rest of season with touchdown upside but it's Drake London and Kyle Pitts uh, from this point forward. 
Kyle Pitts is playing really well, uh, and I think that he will continue to play really well. For the Buccaneers, Mike Evans is, as you know, Mike Evans is usually a matchup-proof wide receiver. This is the first wide receiver one to do well against the Falcons. They had been locked down all season, but Mike Evans, and I think we talked about it in this episode. I know I talked about it on my start sit stream. He's just not your typical like wide receiver one that can get locked down. He's too tall. He's too fast. He's too strong. He's too big. You can't really stop him. So to see him go six receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown, there you go. I mean, that 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 that's expected. Great game from Chris Godwin. Congratulations to everyone that drafted him. I hope you heeded my advice on this show. We had a whole Buccaneers episode even this offseason where I talked about how much value you can find in the Buccaneers. Every single one of these guys was going way too late. Chris Godwin has the devil stat line, finishes six receptions for 66 yards, and Rashad, Rashad White looks, you know, good. He looks good. 13 carries for 34 yards, eh, but but six receptions for 65 yards. That's what we've been wanting to see from Rashad White. Awesome to see. Hopefully we can continue to see it from Rashad White. Now I've got to apologize for this one. The Lions-Ravens. This was one of my upset picks this week. The Ravens were favored to win. I don't know what happened. (laughs) I have no idea what happened in this game. Detroit Lions absolutely collapsed. The Ravens win this game 38-6. to And there was an interesting stat at the beginning of the game. I wish I knew this going forth because I definitely would have included it in my analysis. Lamar Jackson is now 16-1 and against NFC teams. So what we can glean from that is if the Ravens do make the Super Bowl, they'll win the Super Bowl. And you've got to, you know, trust in Lamar Jackson against the NFC. That's a That's very interesting to me. Very interesting stat. Uh, And again, Ravens absolutely destroyed the Lions. I'm going to call it a collapse from the Lions, mostly on the part of Jared Goff, who really just couldn't get into rhythm. Because you can look around and everyone had a pretty decent day. Jameer Gibbs finally broke out. He had 11 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown, as well as nine receptions. Nine receptions. That's what we've been waiting for from Jameer Gibbs for 58 yards. So the breakout game from him is finally here. Plus, Amon Ross St. Brown had 13 receptions for 102 yards, a very standard Amon Rod game. And Sam Laporta had six receptions off of seven targets for 52 yards, a very standard Sam Laporta game. And then I do want to talk about Jamison Williams for a second here, as I did say you should probably start him this week as a boomer bust option. And he busted. He busted as hell. I'm going to blame just this game. Uh, because he did have six targets, right? So so the process was there. I said that I would expect his usage to be where we can expect it to be about for the rest of the season. This was the game he was supposed to return. This was when I would expect him to actually be worked into the game plan, especially with a less than 100% Laporta and Gibbs. And so six targets, that was double than he's seen at any point this season. Hadn't seen more than three yet. So to see six targets is good. However, no receptions. It is important to point out that only one of those was a catchable pass. Four of them were completely overthrown or underthrown or just thrown away. One of them, it was a really bad defensive pass interference, completely held, couldn't even attempt to catch it. Then the other one did hit him square in the hands and he dropped it. So that is the concern here. But to see him get six targets, I think that that will continue. And at some point, I do think he'll work on his hands. Hopefully, he's just got to work with Amon Ra 
on that jugs machine and get things going because he does still clearly have some bricks for hands, but he is still have gaming game breaking speed and getting open. It's just going to come down to Jared Goff having a better day. Like we said, the Lions kind of just collapsed and it mostly came from Jared Goff. So I'm not too upset from Jamison. Excited to see six targets. I, I, you've got to be excited to see six targets, especially since they're high value targets. And then just to run through how the Ravens dominated Lamar Jackson, 357 pass yards and three touchdowns, as well as 36 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. Great day from Lamar Jackson, looking fantastic. He looked so good that Gus Edwards gave us a Gus Edwards vintage performance, 14 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown, as well as 80 receiving yards off of one reception. And this is this is one of my most fun takeaways. I can't remember who I was listening to Red Zone, um, and they were like, and somebody is a 60-yard, I think it was Josh Palmer, and some, Josh Palmer is a 60-yard reception. And I asked myself, you know, and it applies here with Gus Edwards. Why does this happen? Why do we have so many like 60, 70, 80 yard plays without a touchdown? Like, why does that keep happening? Why are we not getting a touchdown from an 80 yard receiving from an 80 yard reception from Gus Edwards? Very strange. Yeah. But, you know, also good. You're glad to see nine points off of one play uh, and a great game from Gus Edwards. Mark Andrews took national tight end day seriously, almost scored three touchdowns, finished with two Four receptions for 63 yards and two touchdowns. Great day for him. Got tackled on the one. So, again, almost had three. Zay Flowers continuing to look really good, but just really good. Four receptions for 75 yards. One of those was a pretty good play, a chunk play. He looked electric on it. Could have scored a touchdown. Ended up getting tackled after going through, like, three defenders. But still a very, very good play. Zay Flowers continues to look excellent. Just still not that much ceiling there. And Odell Beckham, I'm saying it now. I'm saying it now. The Odell Beckham game will happen this season. He had seven targets in this game. Took five of those for 49 yards. Good game. But I do think as Odell Beckham works into the system, works into game speed, game health, and it all, he will eventually have a vintage Odell Beckham game. We see it time and time again, right? I mean, even AJ Green had a had a vintage game last year. The Odell Beckham vintage game will happen this season. Just wait. Let's move on to Steelers Rams as Kenny Pickett, our bye candidate last week, leads the Steelers to a win over the Rams. Not necessarily on the back of him. He only had 230 pass yards and somehow... And somehow, Kenny Pickett had eight carries for zero yards <laughs> and a touchdown. One of those carries was a very controversial tush-push where he did not get the game-winning first down, but they gave it to him anyway. But still, eight carries for zero yards is hilarious, and especially since a touchdown was scored, that makes it even funnier. However, everyone else looked really, really good. Najee Harris, 17 touches for 68 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Warren, only seven touches for 31 yards, but still fine. But again, guys, Najee Harris is still getting the the, mo the bulk of the stuff. I don't see that cha see that changing. Uh, George Pickens, still impressive. Five receptions for 107 yards. And Deontay Johnson, in his return, looked decent as well. Five receptions for 79 yards. Very standard Deontay Johnson day. But that means he's healthy, right? So that's really good. 
Pat Fryermuth ended up getting injured late in the week and ending up on IR. So it's going to come down to Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I'm buying both of them. I'm buying both of them. I think that the Steelers offense will continue to improve as the year goes on. I really do. I'm buying both of them. Rams running backs. What was going to happen? Well, it ended up being Daryl Henderson, 18 carries for or 18 touches for 61 yards and a touchdown. Royce Freeman, 12 carries for 66 yards. No Zach Evans. And that's kind of what we expected. We talked about it a little bit on Friday. When I saw Daryl Henderson got signed, I, I had to completely take away all of my Zach Evans takes from earlier in the week. I had to retract them all. I was like, it, it, it's going to be like Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman. I don't even care anymore. I'm just avoiding it. But it is cool to know that it's mostly Daryl Henderson. So both of these guys might be able to be started in your deeper leagues just because this Rams offense does rely on their running backs to a, to a high degree, really. And both of them will probably, one of them will score a touchdown week in, week out. It'll be Royce or it'll be Daryl until uh, Kyber Williams comes back. And holy shit, Puka Nakua. Holy shit, Puka Nakua. Eight receptions for 154 yards, bouncing right back into that awesome usage. Great day for him. Cooper Cup, not so much. Cooper Cup, not so much. Two receptions off of seven targets for only 29 yards, outproduced by even Tutu Atwell who only had one reception for 31 yards. I don't know. I don't know. I thought last week when Puka Nakua got kind of relegated that it would just be Cooper Cup basically every week, and sometimes it would be Cup and Puka weeks. I did not ever expect a Puka no Cup week. So very, very interesting. Puka Nakua is legit, guys. Puka Nakua is very, very legit. Gotta latch on to him at this point. And probably an every week starter, right? Back into that every week starter territory. Cooper Cup still, of course, is an every week starter, but it's it's gonna every option is on the table now. It's gonna be Puka Nakua one week, Cooper Cup one week, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup one week. Uh, it, it, it's never gonna be neither. It'll never be neither. One of these guys will will pop off week in week out. So 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 that's at least good to know. Rams passing attack, very cool. And another, well, not a matchup, but just the, the NFC West had a game against each other, and that was the Seahawks-Cardinals. It was a decent game, and just we've got to continue to give round of applauses, little claps for Joshua Dobbs, who continues to perform well in Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray's absence. He has definitely earned himself a long stay as the Cardinals' backup quarterback and potentially even just their quarterback as they you know work to find an option if they do decide to move on from Kyler Murray. But either way, Joshua Dobbs will be on the Cardinals for a while. Continues to perform well. Don't really need to go through the stats or anything, but another respectable performance from him. Got it done on the in the air and on the ground. And then, of course, in the running game, there was no Keontae Ingram, and Amari DiMarcado, after being written off and everyone gave up, becomes relevant and becomes basically the only running back doing anything. 13 carries for 58 yards and four receptions. Great usage from him. You'll want to see that. I guess it's Amari DiMarcado now. It's not Keontae Ingram. Uh, it's not Daryl Williams. It's Amari DiMarcado. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they can't make up their mind. Next week, it's going to be, they're going to go sign Adrian Peterson for some reason, and, and, and it'll be him. <laughs> Trey McBride, by the way, out-targeted Zach Ertz again. So it's looking like they're really trying to force the uh, the, the the passing of the torch, if you will from Ertz to McBride 
Uh, McBride now back-to-back weeks of out-targeting Ertz after Ertz was on fire earlier in the season. They really do want to work McBride into this game plan. He's here to stay. The Seahawks, Jackson Smith and Jigba is here to stay. Jake Bobo, Jake Bobo, also probably here to stay. Both of these guys, very good receivers. I can't believe I'm putting them in the same breath, but I am. Both of these receivers had four receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. Tyler Lockett only had four receptions for 38 yards and no touchdowns. Specifically, Jackson said the Jigba 63 yards, Bobo 61 yards, but just literally the basically the exact same stat line. Great day from both of them. And I don't know what the Seahawks plan is with these receivers. I mean, it's always good to have this many good receivers, but I, I'm thinking... I'm thinking that at some point they'll either A, have to dig into more four wide receiver sets or B, look to move on from Tyler Lockett going into next season. Uh, I I don't know. They, they, they might need to extract some value, but something's going to happen here. Something's going to happen here. Still buy Jackson Smith and Jigba while you can. I doubt you can now that he's finally had a game, but you still might be able to given that Jake Bobo had a similarly good game. You know, the, the owner might still be a little worried have to look into it we'll talk about it some more on the on the kind of wednesday's market episode kenneth walker also needs more respect kenneth walker is never talked about as the rb2 in dynasty he certainly has an argument everyone agrees he's top five but i mean he could be rb2 he's so good at football 26 carries for 105 yards continuing to dominate continuing to look great every single week a huge i mean basically the focal point of this offense more carries than geno smith even passed the ball Geno Smith only had 24 attempts, 219 yards and two touchdowns and an interception. Geno Smith right back into that fine realm. Uh, he had kind of worked himself into the Jared Goff realm. He's not there anymore. He's right back into that kind of Derek Carr territory, which is fine. It's fine. It's just fine. though, Just fine. So that's what I'm going to say about that. However, I'm putting it out there. I tweeted about this. If you saw the tweet. From Lamar Jackson to Colby Parkinson, we were talking about today, and I'm I'm seeing something in Colby Parkinson. It's I'm going to um, immediately basically call it a gut reaction. But every time, every time I see Colby Parkinson catch the ball, it's either A, a pretty big play, like a, like a nice first down, and B, I'm like, that's a tight end right there. Like, you, like just go look at Colby Parkinson highlights and tell me you don't see a tight end. Like, he just looks like a tight end. He's 6'7". 252 pounds and he's got long hair he's always finding the open space always making these big plays these clutch plays and he's only 24 years old so i do think that colby parkinson needs to stop being ignored this is so strange to me everyone like kind of talks about the seahawks tight ends right but colby parkinson's name is never really brought up but he's doing a lot Last year, 25 catches for 322 yards and two touchdowns, averaging 12.9 yards per catch. To put it into perspective, Travis Kelsey last year averaged 12.2 yards per catch in 2022 on his way to being basically the number one tight end in NFL history, one of the best seasons ever from a tight end, and yet Colby Parkinson had more yards per catch than him. And this year he's on pace to doing about the same now 11 receptions for 129 yards. Pretty good for a tight end. And averaging again nearly 12 yards per catch again this year. 
Colby Parkinson has a ton of potential, and I think this is only the beginning. I really do think at some point, Colby Parkinson will be a thing. It could be 2026, right? It could be 2026 because tight ends take forever. But Colby Parkinson, it's going to happen. Colby Parkinson's going to happen. Just wait, ladies and gentlemen. Just wait. This game, the next game, Packers-Broncos was the upset I predicted. I said the Broncos would beat the Packers. Got one right, guys. I got one right. <laughs> I got one right. Um, and it was a pretty good game. You know, it was it was low scoring, 17-19. Uh, to 19. So, uh, you know, just right there. And Packers did the very Packers thing they've been doing all year. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But they're just a second-half team again. Scored zero points in the first half. Don't know why they keep doing that, but it is what it is. It's very cool to see that they are a team that can make second half adjustments. I mean, that that isn't always easy. So, you know, that's good, but it's they need to put together a full game of football if they want, if any of these people are going to be fantasy relevant. AJ Dillon, however, looks to be revived. He had a decent game last week, and this week he led the team in rushing. And receiving? A.J. Dillon had the most rush yards and receiving yards. Very, very interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. Also, for the wide receivers, uh, four players got five targets. So it's spread around a ton. And Jaden Reed had four targets. So again, spread around a ton. Romeo Dubs had five targets. Luke Musgrave had five targets. Christian Watson had five targets. Aaron Jones had five targets. These pass catchers on the Packers can really all be started, but they're looking like wide receiver twos at best, deep tight ends for Musgrave as it continues to be spread around. We want to see Christian Watson, I guess, unlocked at some point. I know he scored the touchdown already, but we haven't really seen, and we almost had a big Christian Watson play. That was that horse collar tackle. We still haven't seen the ceiling game though. I think it will happen soon. I do think the Christian Watson ceiling will happen soon. So buy Christian Watson while you still can. For the Broncos, Javante Williams is back. And Jaleel McLaughlin is just a really good backup change of pace running back. Javante Williams, 17 touches for 96 yards. Jaleel McLaughlin, 6 touches for 46 yards. So a very good game from him and a very good game from Javante Williams. That's a good running back attack. Samaje P. Ryan seems to have been completely relegated. Uh, and that's fine. That's fine. I'd rather it be two than three. And if we're talking about the Bears, better two than four, <laughs> right? So many running backs on that Bears team. And then for the wide receivers, Jerry Judy, five receptions for 64 yards. And Cortland Sutton, six receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown. As we continue to hear rumblings about these trade rumors, we'll see what happens. I think both of these guys have a decent trade market. I don't know, though, if anything's going to happen. I don't know. I think Steve Smith kind of ruined the potential of a Jerry Judy trade. But we'll see, right? We've still got to think, was it one more week uh, until the trade deadline or or we're right there? Uh, I know it's soon. So definitely something to keep your eye on here. Judy, at least having a respectable day, helps his trade value a little bit. And no quarterback in this game reached 200 yards, uh, passing yards. Russell Wilson did get over 200 if you include his rushing. But him and Jordan Love, not the best of days. We've got two more games to talk about here. And the Chargers Chiefs, I don't get it. I don't get it. I do not get it. Last week I came on here. I said to sell Justin Herbert. So I hope you did listen to me. I do think that this top of the market is gone. It's gone. 
bad game. 17 for of 30, 259 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. The Chargers only score 17 points. Austin Eckler still not 100%. Keenan Allen barely got worked in. And the best players in yesterday's game were the Joshuas. Joshua Kelly, seven carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. Joshua Palmer, five receptions for 133 yards. The Joshuas doing a great job yesterday. Important to note also in your deeper leagues, very deep leagues, mostly special team scoring leads. But if we just listen to this name, Darius Davis, if that's someone who piques your interest, if you think that's not a roster clogger for your league, then I'm picking him up. I am stashing him in the trade gods league as we have special team scoring, but he's getting utilized. He had three carries in this game and a catch more than Quentin Johnston can say, right? More than Quentin Johnston can say. So Darius Davis is an interesting name. Definitely keeping my eye on him, especially as he continues to be a good special teams producer. And finally for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are back to the Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey that we all know and love. Of course, it was going to happen against the Chargers. I mean, it has to happen against the Chargers. Just that's what they do. But Patrick Mahomes, 32 of 42 for 100 or 424 yards, four passing touchdowns. Also adds 29 yards on the ground with one interception. That's fine. It is what it is. And Travis Kelsey for National Tight End Day, 12 receptions for 179 yards and a touchdown. Love to see it. The other players who caught a touchdown, Marcus Valdez-Scantling scored a touchdown. I'm saying it here. Marcus Valdez-Scantling is the Justin Watson replacement. Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco caught the other touchdowns. So Rasheed Rice still looking like a value and someone you need to be rostering. I do think that he's going to continue to break out. And Isaiah Pacheco continuing to impress. What a stud. Love myself some Isaiah Pacheco. And finally... Finally, the last game yesterday was the projected to be an awesome game. Eagles versus Dolphins didn't necessarily turn out to be an awesome game, but still fun to watch. And I'm going to say this. I know the Dolphins didn't play that well, but I do think it was good for them. Like just as a football meta discussion, they needed reps against a team like the Eagles. I mean, obviously their defensive line is the best in football, but they need to play against teams like that. They need to see it. Their gameplay style, their way of life, doesn't work against a team like the Eagles. Tua, only 216 yards and a touchdown for an interception. Tyreek Hill, 11 receptions, but only 88 yards and a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, 10 touches, but only 51 yards. Just that ceiling got capped in this game, which is fine. You're allowed to lose games, especially as the Bills go down again against the Patriots. But the Dolphins, I think I'm, I'm not panicking for sure. I don't think anyone is. I do think that they'll use this opportunity. It's good for them to see teams like this. It will help them through the rest of the year and especially in the playoffs. I'm excited to see how they learn from it. Jalen Waddle, very interesting. I'm definitely trying to buy Jalen Waddle. I really am. I really am trying to buy Jalen Waddle. I would have appreciated if he just stayed hurt and didn't return to the game. Because it didn't seem like a serious injury, given that he did return. But I, you know, for in terms of a buying window, it would have been nice if he just stayed out. But he does come back into the game, gets six receptions off of six targets, and takes it for 63 yards. Decent game. I love that from him. And he's still cheaper than he should be, given he's attached to the Dolphins offense and the clear air to the Tyreek Hill throne. And then also, guys, it's not Braxton Berrios. 
It's not Braxton Berrios. It is Cedric Wilson. Finally, finally, I've been waiting for this. He had 119 yards and two touchdowns against the Eagles in 2021. I just want everyone to remember that game in 2021, last game of the season. Cedric Wilson went off when he was still on the Cowboys, took five receptions for 119 yards and two touchdowns. And actually, if you'll remember from that time period, everyone was calling him like the next star and it rose his trade value a ton. That's what led him to land on the Dolphins, did nothing last season, hasn't done that much this season, but it is starting to trend up. And if Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle go down, it'll be Cedric Wilson. He's the one with the star potential, the actual true get you what you need potential. Two receptions for 48 yards. Would have had a third reception, but got fouled while making the catch a really bad face mask. So very good game for him. And I've got to say, everyone, you can drop Durham Smythe unless you're in you know a deep tight end league. It's not happening. Cedric Wilson and Braxton Berrios have eliminated the tight end usage as pass catchers. They're still just blocking in this offense. It's Cedric Wilson. He's looking good. I'm rostering him where he's available. Uh, and, and, and it makes sense, right, if it's a deeper league. And for the Eagles, for the Eagles, I want to see more from Jalen Hurts. I want to see more from Jalen Hurts. We still haven't seen that ceiling game. Obviously, he's getting it done and no one's upset. But only 279 yards and two touchdowns in the air. And only 21 rush yards and a rush touchdown on the ground. He had an interception and he lost a fumble. I want, I just, I want to see the ceiling. Obviously, he gets 300 yards exactly total and three touchdowns, but with two turnovers, it's not quite there. I want to see these four or five touchdown games from him again. I know it's coming, but I, I, I miss it. I miss it. And I thought it happened against the Dolphins. Of course, the Dolphins didn't keep it close, so they didn't, he didn't necessarily need to do that. But I just missed that Jalen Hurts ceiling. Haven't seen it yet. AJ Brown, however, I think he's the dynasty wide receiver three. I think it is at this point. I, I, I've i never liked C.D. Lamb being there. I understood the case for it. I, I think it's A.J. Brown. And again, he's still not jumping into that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson tier. He never will. I, he never will. I don't care how good he's playing. He will never jump into that tier. He's not that receiver. However, he's very, 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 very good. Third best receiver in the league. 10 receptions for 137 yards and a touchdown. His last few weeks have been phenomenal. What a stretch from him as the Slim Reaper. My guy, Devontae Smith, not looking good. Not looking good. Great play by him, making that circus catch, saving an interception from Jalen Hurts. Had another great sideline grab. Finishes the day four receptions for 49 yards. Obviously respectable. And Slim Reaper will always show up, which is good. Making these first down catches and still a target in the red zone. But as long as A.J. Brown's playing like this, nothing is there for him. Because even Dallas Goddard, is playing really well right now. Dallas Goddard, five receptions for 77 yards and a touchdown. Now, three weeks in a row, I think, that A.J. Brown and Goddard have completely outproduced Devontae Smith week in, week out. So I don't know what's happening here. Uh, Devontae Smith, this is his first time since his rookie season to have three weeks in a row under 10 PPR points. You don't like to see that. Hopefully he can get back on track. I thought we would see a little bit more alternating here from A.J. Brown and Slim Reaper. I thought, you know, we would see a bit of a back and forth. One week it's Brown, one week it's Smith. But it's it's A.J. Brown every week right now, ladies and gentlemen. What a, what a guy. What a player. And then finally, Julio Jones caught a pass. Love to see it. Let's go, Julio Jones. Let's see. 
that is all the games we had. My hand still hurts, if anyone was wondering. Let's answer some questions. I see 40 comments here. I, I, Sorry, on Mondays it's hard for me to get to the chat as much just because I'm trying to get through every single game. Um, let's see. Bandage and elevate. Thank you, Chef. I will work on that. <laughs> I'll put some ice on it too. Um, let's see. Would you be comfortable sending Pukunuku and Alvin Kamara for Jonathan Taylor? No. I'm writing out Alvin Kamara and Pukunukua for this season and next season too. Alvin Kamara is not going anywhere. I know he's up there in age, but just that type of running back lasts a while. Um, yeah, this Roshan Johnson is just too tough. It's just too tough. Uh, what about Gibbs? Can we expect this to grow his role? Yes. Sorry, I should have gone a little bit longer on the Jameer Gibbs discussion. Yes, I do think Jameer Gibbs is here to stay, especially in the receiving department. That nine receptions, I think that we can expect five receptions at least from him for the rest of the season. And he's the type of athlete to do a lot with that. When David Montgomery comes back, I think it will turn into the Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram uh, dynamic, right? And if we'll remember, Dan Campbell was on the Saints when that happened. I believe he was the interim head coach that year, but at the very least he was a tight end coach. So I do think that that is going to happen. And yes, uh, Jameer Gibbs has earned himself a much bigger role. Let's see. Would you sell Saquon for Bijan? Especially in Dynasty, yes. I, I'm assuming this is a redraft question. I think so. Yeah, I think that from what we hear, uh, this is just a migraine. And he did end up playing. I believe he ended up getting a couple carries there in the fourth quarter, so it went away. So if that is on the table, I think I'm doing it. I think I am doing it. Um, let's see. Is there a cricket in the room? Sorry, that's my bird. Um, the missus is out of town uh, this week, so no one is there to keep him company, and he's sad. Um, let's see. Going through, going through. I think we can say that Jackson is on fuego. Yes, Lamar Jackson is insane right now. Insane right now. Robert Kelly says, Pukunakua and Nico Collins are hard to value in Dynasty. This is true. What I'm going to say is just don't trade them. When players have a questionable market, but are performing well, just hold it and enjoy it, right? Nico Collins and Pukunakua are going to continue to impress. And unless you, honestly... Honestly, unless you can get two first-round picks for either of these wide receivers, don't trade them. And I'm mad at myself. I had Nico Collins in like nine out of 11 of my leagues, so I shopped him in one of my leagues this this year. I needed a tight end, so I like sent him for Cole Komet or something. And I was like, yeah, that'll be fine. And of course, you know, that's what, like the one league I kind of need a wide receiver now. I'm happy I have him everywhere else, but beating myself up a little bit for not just believing in him and trying to trying to diversify. <laughs> um let's see moving on don't agree with the Seahawks wide receivers Bobo and JSN being here to stay I think that's fair I guess more so what I mean is that they're gonna get you usage every week they're they're gonna get four or five receptions every week I do think at least JSN Bobo probably goes back down a bit but still you know we saw Jake Bobo score a touchdown before Jackson Smith and Jigba scored a touchdown this year that's important to know I also Want to note that Geno Smith loves Jake Bobo. I, I There was an interview about it and a sideline thing when Geno Smith was mic'd up. He was like, that Bobo guy's always getting open. I've got to get him the ball. So when I see that, I've got to make note of it. And so I do think that Jake Bobo is at least utilized, right? And, you know, like a Hunter Renfo at the very least, two to three receptions. And I do think that JSN is a four to five reception guy rest of season. And then if an injury happens, 
10 receptions, right? 10 receptions, 100-yard type of guy week in, week out. Let's see. Khalil Herbert will be back and take the starting role. Yes, but it's just going to be a huge committee. Um, and Robert Kelly says, you are slowly climbing the ranks of my list of guys to know ball. Thanks for your thoughts. Thanks. Thanks. I, I, you know, when I, hopefully, right. If I do a show Monday through Friday, hopefully I can at least be sort of good at it at some point. I have a lot of, I have a long way to go for sure. But as we continue to get these reps, as we continue to learn lessons, uh, I think we will only get better. Again, apologies. I, I, you know, whatever. I'm not even apologizing too much for my JMO start. JMO sit. Michael Pittman. The process was there, it, it, and even honestly, six targets for JMO. You can't be upset of it, and only two receptions for Pittman. Can't be upset at it. It is what it is. Are we trying to get off of Christian Watson or hold by Christian Watson? So to answer your question, hold by Christian Watson. Everyone, it's going to happen. He's still an insane athlete literally literally the most athletic wide receiver in the nfl so by christian watson um and think back to last year oh this is about khalil herbert well everyone thought he would have replaced demont but didn't only saw when demont was hurt yeah this is true i mean i so here i'm just gonna lay it out here when everyone's healthy khalil herbert 10 carries roshan johnson eight carries uh deontay foreman eight carries right maybe we'll bump Khalil Herbert up to like 12 but it's gonna be everyone uh so yeah so yeah it, it, it's just it's just a committee that I don't want to be part of and finally a trade question would you sell in redraft Khalil Herbert and Christian Watson uh that might be Justin Herbert for Alvin Kamara and JSN um I'm if it's Khalil Herbert definitely if it's Justin Herbert and Superflex, no if it's Justin Herbert and single quarterback, yes. If you have another quarterback with like a similar upside uh, or at least a good floor, it depends on what those other quarterback options are. It is to me still a downgrade from Christian Watson to JSN. We'll see how that develops over the year. Alvin Kamara though makes up for that in a massive way. So ultimately, it'll come down to your roster and what you could do at quarterback. In Superflex, I'm not doing it. In single quarterback, I probably am. I imagine there's another quarterback you can ride on. And getting Alvin Kamara right now in a redraft, it's just awesome. I mean, he's playing so well. So that that should do it. Thank you all for tuning in every single week. I think we've now broken the record for longest wake and take over an hour long. But hey, so much to talk about. We love football here on the wake and take i'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m on the player profiler youtube facebook and instagram to break down waivers and more so have a good one enjoy your magnificent monday and have a good week peace